0: welcome friend to our weekly garden party we hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt on the garden show
1: with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio welcome to the garden show on zoomer radio with charlie dobbin aided and abetted by yours truly dean holland how are you this morning charlie
2: i am great dean i'm feeling like i need to put on my wellies and get out gardening
1: Uh, <laughs> we, we like, could almost do that couldn't we
2: it's like spring is in the air though rain. rain is falling the birds are singing it's crazy
1: yeah no i i did i have to admit i thought of you this morning because i was out with uh gail we were shoveling a little bit this morning oh, really? and uh, and the snow really really heavy because we had all that snow and then we had rain on top of it so it's yeah. really made it wet but i did I was thinking this is like that blanket, as you said, this blanket on top of all the, the flowers in it. and everything. It's right. insulating them a little bit, right?
2: As long as it doesn't all melt in the next two hours with all this rain. Yes, I gotcha. know. It's a it's a funny weekend. But, yes, it's nice and white at my place for now, but
1: melting as we speak as we're hovering around four degrees. Excellent. Okay, well, you know what? I'd, I'd love to give out the numbers. Sure. Um, and then I know you, I believe you have an announcement to make. Mm-hmm. And then I have a quick update that I want to share oh. as well. Very exciting. Um, so if, you're, if you are live in Toronto, 416-360-0740 or anywhere outside Toronto, within the province of Ontario, this is a toll-free number you should use, one 740 4740 Do let Ash, know, if you are a first-time caller, because then she will let us know, and then I... We'll give you your well-earned garden wings. Uh, We want you to call often. We want you to call early. And please, please, one question per call, okay? And uh, so, Charlie, you have an announcement.
2: I do, I do. Aren't we being efficient? So I hope those callers start calling with all their questions about Mm -hmm. what to do when it's raining in January. (laughs) Um, So to take a break. From Watching the Rain, tomorrow, go to the Toronto Botanical Gardens, of course, in Toronto, Leslie and Lawrence, the Floral Hall, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society will be hosting a meeting, and that's between 1 and 4 p.m. So it's a kind of an all-afternoon social event and learning event. It's available both in person. There's also a hybrid Zoom opportunity if you'd like to join in from afar. The special... Um, person who will be presenting is a gentleman named Kevin Cavanaugh. His topic is great companion plants for rhododendrons and azaleas, which is actually an amazing topic to listen to because many people do struggle with, you know, the right, I found the right conditions to grow my rhododendrons and azaleas, but what am I going to grow with them? And uh, and so that's exactly what he'll be speaking on. So that'll be fun. That'll be a, a good opportunity to get, get learning on a glooming day.
1: I got you. Azaleas. I've, I had an azalea once, I think. Are they, uh, they like a lot of water, don't they, azaleas? They do.
2: Like- but you're thinking of florist azalea. Yes. So the little pot, beautiful yeah. flowers. Yeah, they're one, they're one of the plants that if you are a person who loves to water, there are always people out there that feel good when they're watering their plants. Yeah get an azalea, because you cannot overwater an azalea the way you can overwater most plants. So they like to be kept constantly moist, and they will continue to form buds and blooms, and they will not drop them if you keep them constantly moist. And uh, they're beautiful, lovely, lovely indoor plants, but there are hardy azaleas as well. We call them azaleas, but technically they're all rhododendrons.
1: Okay, and I seem to recall that this Potted one that I had was almost in more of a peat kind of uh, mm. uh, rather than a soil, and it, it really was it almost like the it, it mushy. It liked it really, really.
2: What? Well, it's exactly right. It's um, azaleas, rhododendrons do not grow in potting soil or regular topsoil. Okay. They're very specific on what they want. They're what we call ericaceous plants. So an ericaceous plant is a plant that wants a very low pH, and peat moss by just the nature of how it's formed is low pH. So you want that pH of four and a half, five, five and a half, six for your happy rhododendrons and/ or azaleas, whether it's in a pot or in the ground. We, so we do tend to use quite a bit of peat as a way to uh, and, and leaf mulch and, and many things will help lower pH.
1: Wonderful. Okay, well, I'm really, really happy because I'm just doing the, going through my brain there and thinking this is probably about 25 years ago I had this uh, azalea. Yeah. So, Good a long time you. ago. I'd, for- I'd forgotten all about it until your announcement. Okay, <laughs> um, I'm going to save my little announcement till after we come back. We have to go to a quick break, uh, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round.
1: This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show. And the numbers to call, once again, are 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Uh, Charlie, just briefly want to just tell you that, uh, yes, in this past week, my um, amaryllis decided to uh, wake up in oh. the basement, which I had nothing to report last week. But, yes, it. it I all of a sudden I went in, so I... Pulled it upstairs. I watered it, and it's by the. It's by my south facing window.
2: All right, and so you were checking on your amaryllis, obviously yes. visiting every, them.
1: Yeah, about every four or five days, I would go down, but I. I think I stopped going down because I was perpetually disappointed. So, <laughs>
2: so, so was it a little white uh, stem coming yeah. up in the dark? Yes, but yeah, could you a, tell it was a flower stem versus
1: a leaf stem? Well. It's flat and a bit pointy. I would think, in my mind, it looks like a leaf stem. Um, so <laughs> you sound disappointed. Well, you want flower stems. Uh, yeah. They are also a little bit
2: pointed, but they should be um, plump as opposed to thin and flat. Okay. But you know what? Sometimes that's what happens. The, bo- I'm sorry, the um, amaryllis wakes up and wakes up with leaves. So you still have to go with it. You've got to let that plant yep. grow. Let those plant those leaves grow. Now you have a greenhouse plant until next August or September before you're back into the furnace room with the, yeah. with your pot.
1: And that's fine if that's what it wants to do. I'm willing to uh, take the ride. It's it's I if it, pretty fascinating the patience that you have to have you just have to wait right
2: well you do and wait until the plant starts to grow and whatever it's growing with is like like we're saying you just got to go with it i still have two completely dormant amaryllis in my furnace room but i have one that's already finished and one that's blooming and two more coming uh, on my window ledge
1: Okay. Well, we will see what happens. I will keep you posted. Don't you worry.
2: Uh, Oh, please. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's go to our first caller. We have Helen on the line who is calling from Etobicoke. Welcome to the Garden Show, Helen.
3: Hi there, thank you, and, and it's a great pleasure listening to you every Wednesday, Saturday morning, and that question I have today, well it's not a question, it's a beautiful thing, I have a bougainvillea, mm. which has mm. been in and out of the house for I don't know how many years now, mm. it's down in the basement, speaking of basements, not in the furnace room, and it has mm. the most delightful little pink flowers all over it, it's a, just a joy to watch, and I, I, I kind of wanted to send a picture of it, but I wasn't quite sure of their email, so I thought I'd uh, just talk to you about it. Is it unusual that this happens?
2: Uh, to keep it alive? No, not at all. Or just that it's blooming right now?
3: Uh, well, just no, yeah, that it's blooming right now. And I, had, when I took it in in September, October, whenever the weather got cold, and I chopped it all down to almost zilch, and all these little pink flowers kept popping up, and it's just beautiful to look at it now.
2: So, do you have it in the dark, or is it in a window in the basement? Kind
3: of a semi. There's not a whole lot of light. There might be a slight amount, but not enough to Mm -hmm. um, to say that it's in the you know in the south window and just getting all kinds of light. Just you know, dappled, I suppose you could say, or light.
2: Well, to to my mind, bougainvillea could can bloom just about any time of the year. I mean, it is a tropical plant, so it because it's winter here this plant might think it's it's summer from its home right or spring <laughs> You know, we're heading into the next, uh, or I guess fall. Really, we're you know heading into the next season. So to bloom now, I don't think of as that unusual. But the fact that it is blooming, I would tend to get it into more light. And you're obviously doing everything right in terms of temperature and watering, because it's easy to overwater in the winter, and a bougainvillea
1: would not like to be overwatered.
3: No, well, actually, I was just going to say, rarely I give it water. Very rarely, I just kind of feel it. Doesn't feel like it's totally dry so I don't bother until it seems like it's uh, deserty dry.
2: (laughs) Yeah, good. Yeah, because generally speaking, you know, whether we live in Florida or we live in Ontario, the soil needs to be a well-drained soil, and the plant does not want to be kept constantly wet. So you're doing that right. You water as necessary, but let it dry right through uh, between waterings. Otherwise, the roots will start to rot. Um, And so they want that really well-drained sandy gritty kind of a soil but they do like their sun so i if it is blooming and it's just perking its little heart out don't leave it all by itself in the basement i'd be bringing it up bring it somewhere where you can you know see it and be cheered up by it any time of day whether it's the kitchen window or a living room or wherever it is i'd give it i'd give it some sun let it, so it let it do its it, thing closer it to do you with more sun okay i'll do that then thank you yes Okay. Enjoy. Uh, blooming plants at this time of year are so, oh gosh, so good for the soul.
3: Well, absolutely. Absolutely. This is it. When I go down there and I see this pink flourishing, I think, oh, this is wonderful.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Can't wait for spring. All right. Well, enjoy. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Enjoy.
3: Good. Thank you very much. I enjoy your show every Saturday. Thank you.
1: You're Thanks so welcome. much for the call there, Helen. Uh, just to, to mention, Charlie, if uh, you, if somebody out there, if you do have a picture that you want to send Charlie or you have an email, uh, her email is c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. So that's a way that you can send a picture because sometimes it's, uh, what do they say, a picture is uh, worth a thousand words, and, uh, and but it sounds delightful. And uh, yeah, again, as you say, what a treat to go downstairs in a, a <laughs> relatively dark room exactly. and find this plant blooming.
2: I know, I know. It's like against all odds, so many plants, just their little hearts just keep on wanting to give us some, some happiness, right? So, yeah. yeah, bring it into the light and enjoy it even more. And, yes, good point about the, the email the, I'm happy to receive questions. Um, email is wonderful for sending photographs. So, you know, if you've got a phone that you can take pictures on, then you just attach that picture with your email and send it to the address, as Dean said. I do get emails asking for identification of plants or what's wrong with this plant or what should I do or look how beautiful this is. I'm happy to get whatever you want to send.
1: Excellent. Okay, I'm going to give the numbers out again and then we're going to go to a quick break. 416 360. 0740 or one 740 4740 We will be right back with much more on The Garden Show.
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively
1: on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to The Garden Show on this the 13th of January. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, It's hard to believe. Here we are, middle of January. <laughs> and the and, rain um, is and coming ra- down. Yeah, and the just, rain. And you whoosh, could almost still do some planting and such. It well, feels like it. It does, uh, yeah. I'm afraid now, to even think about
2: trying to shovel my driveway. It's just <laughs> going to be pure mush.
1: Yeah, well, and then the, the the other issue is that, of course, we're waiting for the temperature then to drop back to zero. And everything, of course, will just freeze up. Exactly, uh, which is know, why we have, have to clear we have to clear the mush. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay, so mm-hmm. I was gonna. I had already planned to bring up um, the topic of cross pollination mm-hmm. on the show because, mm-hmm. of course, one of my my other my main one of my big duties on AM seven forty is every Sunday night I host uh, Radio Limelight and Big Band Sunday Night, and I was I pulled out my book because I got a, a caller in this past week for a mm-hmm. request mm-hmm. named Dina who <laughs> asked me about whether I planted my garlic. or <laughs> which I was too afraid it to is, ask. Which you were for to for ask. fear I'd
2: have to <laughs> yell at you.
1: And <laughs> and I had this all ready to go. And then lo and behold, I look on the board, and we have Dina on the line calling from Brampton. So welcome to the Garden Show, Dina.
4: Hi, Dean and Charlie.
1: Uh, Good morning.
4: <laughs> I, I I I didn't know if I was rather forward to ask him about his garlic <laughs> or not, but anyways, I did. I was afraid. And to. Uh, <laughs> I have I have Charlie. I've never. Planted garlic, and I'd like some advice concerning that. Uh, mm. Do I buy the bulbs at nurseries? I, I assume that. Um, and, and when do I plant them? That—that that was the big deal. Like in the spring, or do I? I don't know December what December
1: 31st in my world. <laughs> December 31st. Yeah. Did, okay. did you really plant your garlic, Dean? Yes, I did. On I got December it 31st, that's I uh, Well, it was probably January 1st. I don't think I, I made it. You know, maybe what maybe it was the second. <laughs> it was somewhere around there.
4: We're <laughs> in a garlic fest here. Uh, I, yeah. I happen to use a lot of garlic when I cook. That's why I thought, well, it would be a real treat to say, that's my garlic. <laughs> Yeah,
2: it's special. You really it's it is when you grow absolutely. your own garlic and then you cook with it. Uh, yeah, you always yeah. want to show off to your friends. Oh, come on over for dinner. Oh, by the way, that's my garlic. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you like? Course. You taste good. Oh, by the way, that's mine. <laughs> I grew that. Yeah. No, I know. Yes, I do that all the time. So, so that's that that where, where do you get garlic? Tomatoes. Where did you get your garlic, Dean?
1: I got it at the market. Uh, so, uh, yeah, during the market season, uh, they had places <laughs> that sold garlic, but they also had uh, bags of um, of garlic that was specifically for planting.
2: Oh, well, I wonder what the difference was.
1: I, I don't know. But they, just, they had a bag and they, said, this is, they called it planting garlic. Is it possible that it wasn't, is it not hardened off in the same way? No, that, no, it's exactly huh? the same. Is it, so, no. yeah, they... Maybe it was just all the the clothes that fell apart. Maybe that's all it was. And so, oh, were they loose? They were loose, yeah.
2: Oh, you're right. That's why. Yeah, so in the harvesting or okay. um, in the handling and cleaning to sell, some yeah. of the um, individual cloves came off the big bulb. Okay. So then they just sold those loose and, and made it easier for you in a sense because you could just pop yeah. them in the ground with the pointy end up. You um, yeah. So, yes, and also, Dina, Dina, to answer your question, you that's the point. You can get garlic just about anywhere for planting into your garden in the fall. Not generally in January or December, but optimally mid-October is the best time in southern Ontario to plant your garlic generally. The one kind, time you won't plant garlic that you've picked up at your local grocery store is if it's from China, And there's a lot of that out there. Garlic has become a huge crop coming out of China. And um, I'm not trying to be anti-Chinese, but the point is, is that when the garlic comes all the way from China, it comes on ships. And the ships take, you know, weeks to get across the the ocean, to get here into our grocery stores. So the garlic is are kept in refrigerated uh, containers on the ships. When you cool garlic down, it will start to grow because it thinks it's fall and it's time to grow. And we don't want, of course, we don't want the garlic that's come out of China to be growing on the on the shelf. So they irradiate or kill the garlic before it comes across into the, into the containers. Mm. So, so the bottom line is, it's considered certainly edible garlic, but it's not growable garlic. Um, yeah, and you know what? There's some great places. I'm just on a website, seeds. Dot .ca so it's seeds of diversity.ca they have a whole thing on garlic um there's the garlic growers association of ontario and as dean said his local um farmers market sold garlic in the fall and uh, you can plant in the spring but you will be um you'll be harvesting that garlic in august september and it won't be as big or as juicy as the stuff you plant in the fall
4: Oh, I see. So it's the garlic. Uh, sorry, would you repeat that? The garlic association is that?
2: Yeah, uh, it's the garlic uh, growers of Ontario.
4: Growers Ontario. Okay. And when I get back to work, I'll certainly look that up because I don't have yeah. a computer, Charlie.
2: <laughs> oh, that's fine. Um, no. There's lots of great information on that website, and and yeah, of course, just your local. You are in Brampton. Come on. You've got the Brampton Horticultural Society right around the corner. But maybe you need to join and you'll run into some garlic people there. I'm sure that so many of the hort societies have great connections to the local nurseries, etc. Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll
4: do that, too. Thank you very much, and thank you, uh, Charlie, <laughs> thanks, as Dina. well is Dean, my favorite guy on Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs>
1: thanks for thanks for bringing garlic into the uh, conversation again, Dina <laughs> Oh,
4: absolutely. Now, uh, uh, Dean, I didn't get my wings.
1: Oh, oh we didn't.
2: First time caller. Oh, welcome, you go. welcome. Thank Don't really? be a stranger. Got it
1: Okay. Thanks, Dina. All right. Have well, a good thank one. you
4: very much, and I'll <laughs> yeah. I'll be listening to you to, on Sunday night, Dean. Bye for now, Thanks, Charlie Dina. and Dean. Okay. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye.
2: Thank you, Dean. Man, you got some. You got a fan club. Hoo-hoo. Well, Hoo-hoo you know, is it's, right.
1: it's this cross-pollination because, I, like I said, that was my big surprise last Sunday night when I got a caller asking me for a bit of Benny Hutton and asking me if I planted my garlic. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? Wow. Okay. <laughs> One hat
2: flipped to another hat. <laughs> yep.
1: Absolutely. Okay, let's go to our uh, next caller. We're going to the town in Ontario that uh, traditionally uh, at Christmas put their Christmas tree right smack in the middle of their intersection. We're going to Dunville. We have Margaret on the line. Welcome to the Garden show, Margaret.
5: Hi, thank you.
1: Oh, Hi. Welcome. Okay, I was telling everybody question. about the Christmas tree in the middle of your intersection, which I don't know that you still do it, but for many years, Dunville put it right in the middle of the three or four or five way stop there.
5: there there's, it's a three corner intersection right. and it's right, sort of right on the corner. It's not quite in the middle.
1: I remember I was fascinated when I used to drive through there Years ago. Used to be fascinated to find it, you know, right there. I thought, holy cow, that's they've just like you can't miss that. You could drive right into it for goodness
2: sake. <laughs> I hope it
1: has lights on it. <laughs>
2: yeah, it has lights. Okay, good.
1: Now, Margaret, you're a first time caller, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so oh, I'm gonna yeah. give you your garden wings. There you go. Welcome okay. to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the show. What do you got for Charlie there, Margaret?
5: I we moved into this house a couple of years ago and I have hydrangea bushes. And I'm not sure what to do with them. One, I think, is a pinnacle hydrangea, because it's got mm-hmm. cone-shaped flower. Mm-hmm. The other one, I don't know what it is, but it's right up to the eaves on our roof. Oh, wow. And I and wanted to find out how far back can I
2: prune these things, because they're they're really overgrown. Over. <laughs> yeah.
5: Well,
2: the one that you said is right up to the eaves, is it got um, conical flowers or round flowers?
5: It's more round. They're not as conical as the other one.
2: Hmm. Uh, because that kind of height makes me think um, that it could be. The ones with the conical flowers in general, we, can, we just refer to those as, like you said, paniculata or panicle hydrangeas. They typically are PG hydrangeas. They're in full sun. They grow best in full sun. They bloom late in the summer, so they bloom through August and September, and I personally leave my flowers alone all winter, let them blow around in the wind and, and let them, uh, you know, be somewhat or- ornamental. And then in the spring, yes, you can cut back. Just when those plants are starting to grow, when you're starting to see little green buds on the woody stems is the time to cut back. And you, the little buds are in pairs on the stems, so opposite to each other. And you'll cut down to just above, you know, half an inch or so above on a slant, those little pairs of buds how far can you cut down gosh you can take those plants down to half their height or even more if you need to if they're just too big and too overwhelming and taken over the place
5: okay so i could take that now the other one that's hitting the eve can i because it's more like a column can i just like take it down like half
2: Sure, yeah, you can do that. you um, funny, it's growing like a column. I wonder if it was originally planted with a single stem or does it have multi stems coming from the ground? There,
5: it's I'm um, closer to, I think a, it's
2: like one. It almost looks like a tree. Yeah,' what so I was gonna say that's called a standard, very common, the standard hydrangea, so single stem and flowers. And often big top, big, heavy, like a lollipop kind of a plant. So, yes, indeed, you can do whatever you need to put that plant back into a shape you want it to look like.
5: Okay, because I I wasn't sure because I was afraid if I cut it back too far, I'll kill it.
2: No, 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 no. Dry day when you start to see the growth. Dry day, so probably March, April then? Could be, yeah, exactly. Just don't do it when it's raining or just about to rain because you're going to do quite a bit of pruning and you want the the cuts where you've done your pruning to dry rather than sit wet.
5: Okay, so dry day. Yeah. Yeah, and just a note, my amaryllis has put up a bud. Oh, nice.
2: There nice. you go. Uh, Joining woo-hoo. the amaryllis club. Uh, yeah.
5: <laughs> uh, and wait, I, it didn't flower last year, but it looks like it's going to flower this year.
1: Good stuff. That's Fingers beautiful. crossed. Enjoy. Okay, excellent. Well, thanks for the call, Margaret. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> Make you. sure you give us a call again. Okay.
2: Very okay. select club that Dean is the uh, president for the life president
1: of? Of, the, <laughs> of the Amaryllis Club. The
2: Amaryllis Club. You're wow. you want to get teased about something? You said your wife's teasing you about bird watching. Wait yeah. till she starts teasing oh, you about yeah. being president of the
1: Amaryllis Club. Oh yeah, you know what? <laughs> I sh- Yeah, for sure. I I'm enjoying watching the birds come. I mean, Paul Oliver would be so, you know, impressed by me because I'm totally I'm just so I do. I like watching them. And I pulled out some binoculars the other day to get a closer look at one of the finches that were sitting on there. And uh, and then I left them out. And then last night she saw them. She said, why are those binoculars out? Were you looking at the birds? (laughs) So she's teasing me about being an old man. And I said, oh, come on. I said, I just didn't have time before. Now I have a little more time where I can can look at them. So I do enjoy them. I, I I
2: don't bother teasing Elliot about being an old man because he is an old man, but, uh, <laughs> but, but he goes out and he actually talks to the birds when he's you he?
1: them. Oh yeah. He's got oh. a little bit of Dr. Doolittle in
2: him. Eh? Oh yeah. He's like, thinks he's St. Francis of Assisi. <laughs> like he's just out there chitter chattering. Come on, Blue Jays. Here's your breakfast. It's like, oh, oh my God, it's embarrassing.
1: That's funny. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Elliot and I have to have a coffee sometime. There we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have, it seems to be first time caller, uh, edition of the Garden Show, because we have another Good. first-time caller on the line. We've got uh, we've got Al from Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Al. You're welcome.
6: Um, hey. Yes, I have a question I'd like to ask
1: Charlie about okay, hibiscus. Okay, I just want to give you your garden wings first, okay? Because you're a first-time okay. caller. So Woo-hoo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. What do you got? Um, I have
6: hibiscuses growing all around my property. It's just like a square, a rectangular, all the way around. I have about 30 of them growing around, Mm -hmm. and they come up every year. And they Mm -hmm. grow to heights of approximately eight feet high. Mm -hmm. And they are all mixed colors that grow around. Mm -hmm. And I would like to know if I could shorten them to four feet because I have Mm -hmm. roses and all other kinds of flowers in the center, and nobody can see, and I can't Uh see them for the hibiscuses. And they come up every year, and they come up every year.
2: So, how, when yeah. do you say um, all around your property, so yep. is it a specific garden in a square or it's your whole property that's encircled with the hibiscus?
6: Well, the whole property. Like wow. I live in the city, that's so cool. the property is approximately yep. uh, 20 feet wide, maybe by about sure. 60 feet, you know, pardon, wow. not 60 feet, maybe 40 feet, but I have all different colors of hibiscus. Nice. And I grew them all myself from seed. And they come up every year, and I've had hundreds and hundreds of compliments on how nice they look yeah. and how beautiful they look. But they're just, I have in the center of the square, I yeah. have a lamium growing in there, which is the purple mm-hmm. flower, which comes mm-hmm. up every year. And I a have in cover, the early yeah. part of the spring, alliums that come up.
2: So oh, I, very, very nice. That's beautiful. And you're right. Like, um, Well, you're calling them hibiscus, but typically the outdoor hibiscus, the hardy ones, we call Rose of Sharon, and they do come in just about every color of the rainbow. You're right. No i got yellow, Rose of Sharon
6: growing this, here, too, I, but I had to buy them. I got three rows of Sharon growing um, at the, right up close to the house. So um, the hibiscus oh, flowers oh, are the are ones herbaceous. that come up are approximately eight inches in diameter.
2: So there are ibiscuses. I know hibiscuses. So what happens is... Okay. Uh-huh. Glad we clarified that. Yeah. So the hibiscus that you are growing are what we call herbaceous hibiscus. So they're not, um, not Rose of Sharon. They're not woody plants. They grow from underground every spring up into amazing, like you said, like knock your socks off flowers. Cause they're so big and so, yeah, it's so beautiful. That's great. That's really interesting. You should send me a picture of that when it's blooming. Um, so can you do anything about the height? Ooh, not really. Uh, I wouldn't. So, what I would try, I'd I have to look this up to double check. When we have herbaceous plants, uh, sedum is an example, comes up in the summer, sorry, in the spring, but they get so tall by the end of the summer when they're blooming that they fall over because they're now top heavy. We will cut them down by half their height. We do this with chrysanthemums as well, asters. In June, whatever height the plant is in June, so in your case, your hibiscus, so if they're 10 inches tall or 18 inches tall in the middle of June, you go through with your chainsaw, if necessary, and you cut them all down to half the height they are at that point. Um, I would probably make them all the same height. At, I wouldn't go up and down. i try and keep them all the same height and go right across. And then from there, they will grow. They will be shorter, and they will be denser. So you'll have more stems, but shorter stems on on the same plants. That's what I would do if you want to keep the height. And that's it. You only do that one pruning, and you mark it in your calendar now for June 15th.
6: Yeah, that's what I what I was thinking. If I, I cut them when they're approximately three, two to three feet high, they will probably—I wanted to know if they're going to bloom again they when will. I cut them in, you, in June, because they bloom from— Uh, Around the 29th of July, I got it marked till frost. Every year they bloom.
2: That's right. So that's why you have to do that cutting down, that pruning, in June, not July. Because the flower buds are are forming by July, you don't want to cut those off. So you'll do your, your half, you know chopping them right down in June and it could even be before June 15th depending on the kind of spring we're having uh yeah you might want to cut them down on June you know the first week of June but don't wait don't wait into July because by that time you're not going to have as many flowers
6: yeah I know I got the days these are amazing you see how many flowers every color you can think of I got red I, I got bet white, I got pink. I got it's, them all and they grow beautiful and then beautiful. on one corner I have the rose of Sharon which I do in the fall I prune them and everything and they they grow they're beautiful too so Sweet. i know you've got, got your
2: own hibiscus headquarters yeah
6: that's, that's what it is <laughs> so I have, everybody comments i've had hundreds to, of comments. Uh, people take pictures of themselves with the, them in the background and so I, on. I live right on a main street too so everybody sees instagram them. Okay, wow. Al, you're going
1: to have to promise to send us a picture of that because I know mm. I I also, again, uh, along with Charlie, would love to see that. So yeah. uh, so you'll have to send us send a Send
2: picture. pictures next next summer.
1: Okay, okay thanks C- for the call, Al. C- uh, you have to run. Yeah. We just have to go to a commercial break. Al, thanks very much for the call. Thanks for uh, coming. But we okay. will be right back with much more on The Garden Show.
7: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and potatoes scythia and fox clubs, marigolds, magnolia,
6: lavender and lupins,
7: dahlias,
6: delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin,
1: exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on The Garden Show, and uh, Charlie, I'm going to give the numbers out again. We have lots of room on the lines, and we have uh, some time left, so please give us a call. Indoor gardening question, outdoor gardening question, uh, 416-360-0740 is the Toronto number, or if you live outside Toronto, anywhere in this province of Ontario, which is experiencing quite the mix of types of precipitation this weekend, 1-866-740-4740. Now, we do have a caller on the line. And we, uh, we're we going to Mississauga this time around. We have Diana on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diana.
7: Hello. Good morning. How are
1: you guys? Morning. We morning. are well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you got I, for Charlie there, Diana?
7: Yeah, I wanted to share a little bit of information. I was listening to the lady talking about the garlic. Um, yeah. And I have a question as well. I know I'm only allowed one question, but it's only one question and a story, if that's okay. so. That's fine. It. Okay, the, the garlic seed question, we uh, started growing garlic a number of years ago and we were just sort of getting the garlic from the market and planting it in the ground. And after this long wait, we had this miserable little harvest of, you know, these tiny little clothes. And mm-hmm. uh, then finally we went to the, they have garlic festivals here and there, and we mm-hmm. went to one of those to get some information and seed and whatever. And we learned it's that real garlic, garlic that is sold typically gets sprayed so it does not grow. So that's why you have to get garlic that's actually seed garlic that hasn't been sprayed.
2: Yeah. And once you've started growing garlic, then you save some of that every year. So you know that, well, assuming that you love it, it's a good garlic, it's tasty, it's big, it's juicy. You save your biggest and best ones, replant and just start the cycle.
7: That's it, exactly. And we've got like six or seven different varieties, and it's lovely every year to have that fresh garlic. The neighbors are just banging on the door trying to
2: get
1: some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, uh, Dean, it's yeah. true. And it's no true. vampires.
2: <laughs> no, no, and there's very interesting, different garlic out there. Some with stripes, some is purple. I mean, you've got your soft neck, your hard neck. You can really get into you. You think you're nerdy with your birds? You can get really nerdy with garlic
1: too. Oh, like oh yeah, banana. it's like a connoisseur. <laughs> love it, love and it. And I have a oh, question yeah, about now, the Diana. You last... had you had a question as well, Diana.
7: Yeah, yeah. I have a question about asparagus because we have an asparagus patch that we've had for a number of years. And I heard you talking to a lady last week about asparagus. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is happening to my asparagus as hers. It's very weak and usually it comes up thriving really well and like nice thick stalks. And last year it was just these spindly little things. I didn't cut anything from it because Mm. I know when it's that thin you're not supposed to cut it. So I just let it grow Mm. all season long and now I'm thinking about spring coming and I'm going is it a possibility that the bed is had the biscuit because I have next door to me a neighbor has a maple tree planted right against the fence so Mm. I'm thinking maybe the roots of that maple tree are interfering with the roots of the asparagus what do you think
2: probably yes but but it's a competition that's the challenge with a maple tree i mean the maple won't hurt the asparagus but what the maple will do is it will out compete the asparagus for moisture and for nutrient so that's why do what you, do you cut your asparagus down in the fall or the spring in the fall Okay, so it's a clear bed, basically now. If you can get some top dressing on in the spring, we talked about that last week. Just that good quality um composted organic matter, preferably a cattle or a sheep manure, a yeah, leaf I do that mold, every year leaf m- you do eh
7: yeah, yeah, that's mm. why I was surprised that it was so poor because I you know <clears throat> put a good thick layer of of manure on there early in the spring, right?
2: right okay so it could again then just be the asparagus overcrowding itself so it's a thinning situation where you've got to remove some of the asparagus i mean when we want our asparagus we originally plant them a good 12 inches apart so if they're all banged in together you know a half an inch apart then yeah it's just all too dense um yeah no, but they're, giving pretty, it
7: they're a- pretty roomy and i'm worried about cutting the mm. roots of the asparagus like if you cut the root of the plant is that going to like if you're if you're working in the garden there and you cut the mm-hmm. roots, is that going to kill the the, the no. stock?
2: no, no though no, no, there's lots of roots, so um you you know doing all the root pruning on on many plants can be quite invigorating so that no that's an interesting question. So you top dress uh they're not overcrowded a maple tree are they in full sun
7: uh yeah they're they're in sun from I'd say the ten in the morning for the rest of the day.
2: Okay, that's good. And the only other thing is that asparagus want very well-drained soil. So we do tend to have, you know, add sand when we plant.
7: Yeah, I have sandy soil. So, yeah, I yeah. have all the I have all the things that, you know, I've looked the, the, online. The right and things. Yeah, yeah, and I couldn't couldn't find anything else that would tell me what's actually going on there, which is kind of yeah. does it it has a life cycle that, you know, the bed is dead after so many years or
2: Not that I know of. How many years, roughly, do you think you've had it?
7: Oh, gosh, probably 10, 12 years.
2: Mm, Yeah, it's not that long. I've seen asparagus. that's ancient. Um, Yeah. Okay, leave it with me. I'll see if I can find out anything. And if I can uh, find out anything more than what we've discussed here now, I will bring it up at the top of the show next week. Okay?
7: Oh, thanks so much, Charlie. Have a great day, you guys. Um,
1: You too. Thanks, Diana. Yeah, thanks, Diana. Okie dokie. Okay, well, um, we have got to take a quick, uh, our last break. We uh, we just got off the phone with Diana, who is a Paul Anka song. And when we come back, we have uh, Judy on the line, which is a Hoagy Carmichael song. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show.
0: (laughs) Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio
1: okay we are back here on the garden show and uh, it was interesting because of course the I think the in that little theme music we heard we heard the thunderstorm we heard the rain and as <laughs> you say it's very odd for us to be having uh, you know we're, we're plus two plus four yeah. on this uh, 13th day of January but it is supposed to drop now um, but uh, yeah that's mm. kind of an an uh, they were talking about winter thunderstorms the other day I like know. lightning storms
2: yeah, what were they called thunder snows or something. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's not. I mean, I think back because it always goes back to the skiing for me. Like what happened in the winter, and I do remember skiing in the rain in January. Yeah. It, it, when I was in my teens. So it's not uh, like never been seen before, and we know this is a mild winter and was forecast to be a mild winter with El Nino happening in the entire Earth. So yes. we, you know, some of it's not that surprising, but it is still unusual. It's always unusual to have to put on your rain boots to go outside.
1: Yes, does keep us on our toes for sure. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we have a yet another first-time caller on the line from Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Judy.
4: Mm. Hi there.
1: Hi. Morning. I want to give you your garden wings, Judy. What? We're uh, delighted that you've called.
5: Oh, thank you. I saw something today that I haven't seen in ages. The sun.
2: Oh, yeah. did the you? The sun
5: was shining
2: here. Woohoo. Oh, for what, 10 seconds or what? Where are you? Yeah. Toronto. About half
5: an hour, half an hour. And it's wow. still like, it's coming in and out. Wow. Anyway, that wasn't why I called.
2: <laughs> pretty thick here. <laughs> okay, go ahead.
5: Um, I have fruit flies in the kitchen. How do I get rid mm-hmm. of them?
2: Okay, so they're probably not fruit flies unless you have some rotting fruit on your counter and those flies are on the fruit yeah okay so that what what, would they
5: be
2: they're more I likely don't. what we call fungus gnats do you have plants in your kitchen at all no none no do you have plants in the house at all no oh So somewhere (laughs) there's a piece of fruit, and It is possible that something maybe fell down. We usually see our our huge quantity of fruit flies in the late summer, mid-fall time frame. But, yeah, if you do have some little piece of fruit that fell and is hidden somewhere it is possible that fruit flies could be uh growing on it so it's really just eliminating the source of their food and you will eliminate the insects that would be my suggestion if you can't find anything i've been known to make little traps for fruit flies. just a small small jar with um apple cider vinegar in the jar with a lid not with a lid with a plastic wrap as a lid and an elastic on the wrap and then little holes poked into the plastic and the insects will fly into your trap and not be able to get out
5: oh okay that's brilliant thank you yeah
1: you're very welcome thank you for the call Judy. yeah Good luck getting rid of those. I know sometimes, uh, Charlie, I've had a situation where um, a potato or sometimes an Mm -hmm. onion that Mm -hmm. under the the bottom of the pile, you know, Mm -hmm. has gone bad. And that sometimes uh, develops those uh, little flies as well.
2: That's right, and you don't realize that it's uh, yeah. started to to mold, and and yeah. uh, yes, it's it's very sweet. That's what happens, and as these things, um, as the fungus starts to grow and break down the the uh, tissue of the the potato or the onion or whatever, it's very very sweet, and the insects love it.
1: They love it. Yes, indeed, it's like going out for dinner. They're just all excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have another caller from Toronto. We have Diane on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diane.
3: Hi, Charlie and Dean. How are you?
1: Hey, good. How are you?
3: Good. Thanks. Um, I I've grown. um, I've planted um, tulips in pots for the fall. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm
3: storing in the garage. Do they need to be watered?
2: Uh, Watered once before, like when you first planted them, them, you watered them. Pardon me. When you first planted them, did you water them? Yes. Yeah. So they 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 were moistened. So they're in the garage. Are they in plastic, dark black plastic bags?
3: The. I bought
2: them. Okay, sorry. The tulips that you you've planted them into pots.
3: Yes.
2: And the pots are in the garage. Yes. And your intention is to force those tulips so that you can bring them in the house with flowers, right?
3: Yeah, correct. Or put them outside in the spring.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, well, if you were going to put them outside in the spring, I would have just buried the pots outside for the winter. Um, because they will survive, if the pots are underground, they will survive the winter outside, and then you just dig up the pots in the spring and then use them in planters or whatever you were hoping for as a beautiful welcome at the front door. Uh, Otherwise,
3: would they not break if you plant them in the ground?
2: The pots? Yeah, they're clay pots. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't want to put clay pots underground. No, you want plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've got clay pots sitting in the garage, and yes, clay, but, but they do need to be in total darkness. So did you put those clay pots into any kind of a, a container? The clay pots
3: are in the garage presently.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Are yeah, they in a, a container in the garage?
3: Yes, in clay pots.
2: Okay. Are the clay pots in a plastic bag?
3: No, no, they're just, uh, they're, the garage is slightly heated. Okay, so very slightly, very, very slightly.
2: Okay, but it so, um, and the tulips are planted into the pots with no cover on them. Clay pots lose moisture. So, what I would do is I would check the soil in the pots. Yes, you may need to water them. Personally, I would have those clay pots inside green garbage bags so that they would be in the dark. And they would also hold the moisture around the pots. And you would check on them every two, three weeks just to make sure it's not too wet, not too dry. And um, and they will be fine out there for the winter and then enjoy them in the spring. The um, optimal temperature is refrigerator temperature. So that's above zero, below 10 degrees Celsius. So you want that kind of six, seven, eight degrees is the optimal temperature for the tulips to be in right now and we got to go thank you thank you judy for for your call remember next week everybody call early call often and one question per caller thanks dean
1: yeah thank you it was a great show i enjoyed uh, again all the callers and uh, ranging from tulips to amaryllis to garlic
2: and now we're going to start teasing you about being a bird watcher <laughs> <laughs> you got it Uh, ornithology lives. It rocks. Okay. Thanks, Ashi. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. See you again next week. This has been an
0: exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air